Hi everyone, it's just after Pesach and I thought I might share some post-Pesach thoughts. Uh, I don't know if you remember Pesach, it was uh, 12 days ago at least, and we were very concerned at the time about chametz. And if you were spending time in any circles of uh, deeper thinking, about the symbolism and the echoes and the pertinence of the, the mitzvot, you might have heard all sorts of references made to chametz as a spiritual entity, as a symbol for internal processes, right? We're told in the Torah to utterly destroy Chametz. Let's translate that as uh, as leaven and l- raising products <laughs> within the within our food, um, within the grains. So all of that we're told to utterly destroy, and generations of Jewish thinkers have seen uh, that as a as an example, or as a parallel, or as a symbol for internal chametz, right? There's uh, raising agents <laughs> within us which uh, have to be destroyed at some point. Okay, let me give one example of this. Uh, it appears in a few places, but the version I like the best is in the Jerusalem Talmud, Talmud Yerushalmi. And uh, it's in a prayer of here attributed to a rabbi with a very cool name. His name is Rabbi Tanchum Bar Escolastica. Rabbi Tanchum Bar Escolastica used to pray the following prayer. He said, May it be your will, God, that you break the evil inclination from our hearts because you have created us in order to do what you want and we want to do what you want you want it and we want it and what's stopping us the leaven in the dough the chametz it's obvious and known to you that we have no power to resist but please, may it be your will, God, that you remove it from us so that we will do what you want with our complete and utter desire. Okay, so that was a beautiful prayer. He's saying, basically, we, we just want to do the right thing. Okay, we're not, there's nothing wrong with us. What God wants in the world, what we want in the world is exactly the same. But what is it that's stopping us? There's something in us that stops us from doing the right thing. And everyone knows that. What examples can I give? You you just know it. You know it. Okay. When you sit down at the end of the day or lie down at the end of the day and say, why didn't I do that thing I've been saying 
I should do the whole day. What actually stopped me? Every time there was something else, but I could have done it. And I said the same thing yesterday and the same thing that they, I, why didn't I just do that thing which I, I know I should do? What is it? Chametz. It's the, the leaven in the dough. Right? There's something in us which puffs up and stops and it just messes up the, the, the plan <laughs> of what we're meant to be doing. Okay, that's the that's the symbolism, and then we can understand if we if we if we use that kind of language, we can understand why we have to destroy chametz, right? What's the what's the symbol of Pesach? It's uh, becoming who we're meant to be, right? Like matzah, and it's the pure product without any uh, anything else changing the the natural path. Of, of uh, becoming. Okay? Now, that would be fine, except that's a really bad symbol <laughs> for the way we live our lives, for the way we live our human lives, the way we live our Jewish lives. Right? If chametz represented something bad, then we should never eat chametz ever. Right? That should be the law. So why is it that we only have seven days or eight days of Pesach? And why is it that we go back to eating chametz straight afterwards? And why is it that not only do we, are we allowed to eat chametz, we love eating chametz. <laughs> it's part of Jewish tradition. Right? I'll give you just two examples from, from works of halacha to do with the beginning and the end of Shabbat. Right? There's a commandment to honor Shabbat. So it's the beginning of the laws of Shabbat in, in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Code of Jewish Law. Is how, how do you uh, honor Shabbat? You have a big meal. You have a bigger meal than usual. And the Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Isselis, explains how that's done in practice. He says, we have a custom of kneading with a K. <laughs> We're kneading a big quantity of dough so much that it's obligated in the mitzvah of challah. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go into that now, but uh, challah is, is a certain ceremony that's done on, on big quantities of dough when there's at least, uh, depends who you ask, but something like 1.2 or 1.5 kilograms of flour. Um, that amount of dough, you need to do an offering called challah from it. And the Ramah is saying, you should use that much dough to, to bake bread for Shabbat. Right? Today, we, we often call the bread that we eat challah on Shabbat. But actually, the, the point of, of that challah is it's, just a ha it's not a special kind of bread. It's just having... Lots of it, lots and lots of bread, is a way of honoring the Shabbat. And uh, at the end of Shabbat, right, we do a ceremony called Havdalah. And Havdalah is usually done with wine and fire and spices. Um, but if you don't have wine, you're allowed to use beer. Right? There's a kind of 
there's a there's a little bit of argument, a bit of tension about whether whether or not you're allowed to use beer or not for Havdalah. We won't get into it, except for one comment, again, by Rabbi Moshe Isilis um, in the Shulchan Aruch. He says, at the end of Pesach, right, the last night of Pesach, the night after the last day of Pesach, there's the ceremony of Havdalah, and the custom is to use beer instead of wine. On that night, why? Mishum dechavivalav. Because it's precious to us, this beer, right? Kind of, you've been a whole week without beer, <laughs> without the possibility of drinking beer over Pesach. So you go out of your way to, to use chametz and not wine um, to, to go back into. So there's something, we can't say that chametz is a terrible thing because we go out of our way to reintegrate chametz into our life after Pesach, right? So we have to think how to put together all of these um, different different symbols. And as usual, I found Rabbi Nachman to to have done all the thinking for us to to put it together in such a beautiful way, and. Rabbi Nachman um, kind of dances through different texts. I'll uh, I'll share some of it with you. Um, but he leads us from Pesach to Shavuot, and I'll just say in advance that in the Torah we're told that uh, there's a special sacrifice on Shavuot, and that Shavuot sacrifice includes chametz. Okay, it includes bread. And that's one of only two temple sacrifices that included bread. Um, so there's the Shavuot sacrifice and the Todah sacrifice, the, the Thanksgiving, right? When someone was very happy to have recovered from a life-threatening illness or to have survived a long journey, they would bring an a, a offering of thanks. And that offering of thanks included baskets of matzah and baskets of bread. Okay, keep that in mind. And I want to read you some of uh, Rabbi Nachman's writing. Here it's uh, in the collection called Likutei Halachot, which was written down by his disciple, Rabbi Natan of Namirov. The essence of matzah is happiness. <laughs> Matzah is all about happiness. Why? Because matzah is about the pure mind. Matzah symbolizes a mind which is clean of all the heavy, fat thinking, which we call chametz. If someone eats matzah and lives like matzah, their voice becomes like thunder. <laughs> You're able to speak on Pesach. That's what we do at the Seder. That's, oh, what, what, what's the whole special meal of the Seder? We just talk for a long time. Why? Matzah is called Lechem Oni. So one of the ways of understanding that is Lechem She'onim Alav Dvarim Harbe. It's a kind of bread that you talk about for a long time. 
and uh, and we have this idea of talking and shouting, right? How did God notice the Israelites' uh, misery as slaves? They shouted out, "Benitzak, ah!" And that talking and that ability to speak on Pesach, um, Rabbi Nachman says, that comes just from the clarity of mind that Matzah brings. Because our heart can finally hear, uh, our heart can finally hear our words, what, we, what we're thinking, because just everything is aligned. Uh, thoughts, actions, words, they're all simple and clear, just like matzah. And it's not, the, that's not like chametz. Chametz is just confusion in the, in the mind. It's sadness, it's crying, it's confusion, it's uh, anxiety. Right? Um, we, we have this idea that matzah and chametz in Hebrew, they're spelt almost the same, <laughs> with the same letters, right? Both of them have a mem, both of them have a tzaddik. The only difference is uh, matzah has the letter hey and chet, and chametz has the letter chet. And there's this idea that, first of all, just subtle differences are the difference between Pesach and the rest of the year, and subtle differences are the difference between uh, being confused and being happy. Subtle differences are the difference between um, being who we want to be <laughs> and not. Right? And breaking open that chet, allowing it to be a hey, that's the that's the mindset of Pesach of Matzah. That's the happiness, the redemption, the freedom. Okay, but then here's the twist. Rabbi Nachman says this is the reason that on Shavuot we're especially commanded to bring an offering of chametz. Right? Why? Because Pesach is all about a time of fragility. Right? We were slaves in Egypt. We just came out. We we can't handle complexity at that point. We can't handle complexity. So all we have is matzah. Right? We're able to deal with matzah, with the simplicity and clarity of matzah. That's the kind of happiness that, uh, that we can achieve then. But by the time it gets to Shavuot, Right? 49 days later, we are more, <laughs> I want to say resilient, we're more able to look at the complexities in our life, look at the chametz in our life, look at all those things which are confusing us, and say, actually, those, those things are also important in a way. I just know how, need to know how to deal with them. Right? And then Shavuot, there's an offering of chametz, because what's complete happiness? Complete happiness is looking at all aspects of our life, including the sadness. 
right? It's not a, a simple happiness, just ignoring everything that's bad and finding the little island of things which are good for us and just rejoicing there. But a more mature happiness just accepts everything that life is presenting us with. And that acceptance uh, can be celebrated. That's a real mature happiness. Right? And then Rabbi Nachman uh, reminds us of a really interesting text, prophecy, that at the end of days, when everything will be good and all the sacrifices will be cancelled, there'll be just no need for all of them, except for one, except for the todah sacrifice, except for the thanks offering. Right? Why? Because what is thanks? It's a, it's a recognition, right? Recognition is understanding what's going on. It's a, a, a kind of acceptance of everything around us, which is exactly what we said. It's bringing the, the sadness, or what we sometimes call sadness, what we sometimes call confusion, into the happiness, and being able to integrate everything, that's, that's real recognition, right? And that's why the, the Toda offering is made of matzah and bread. It's the, the simplicity and the complexity together. And that's where we need to go to at the moment. We're, on, we're in a process. We're moving away from Pesach. We're moving towards Shavuot. Yeah, we need to, to be able to eat bread. <laughs> Uh, right, eat brioche, beer, all the things which are a little bit um, too much for the Pesach mindset. We have to learn how to take them, take the difficult parts, and find the right proportion, find the right perspective, and be able to to really accept them as part of our life. Good luck. Good luck, and I hope we get a chance to meet again before Shavuot. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Have a good Omer.